Welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, the podcast for all things cryptocurrency, whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious. I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and today we are joined by someone who is a man behind the mic, the man that helps bring all of the goodness of tapping into crypto to life, and someone who I'm so excited to finally have on here, Ted Coldrake, who is the content and SEO lead at SwiftX. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Alicia. I think it's been a long time coming, so it's good to finally be here. We finally convinced you, which is so exciting. Now, Ted's got a pretty interesting story in crypto, and the topic we're going to be diving into today is all around our good friend, Bitcoin, who's actually having a pretty good rally. Well, touch wood before I say that, but you know, we have seen some good movement in the chart. The boys unpacked it in crypto catch-ups. There's been a fair bit of exciting stuff happening. So, Ted, before we dive in, let us know a little bit about your story and how you came to be doing all the things you are in the world of crypto. Yeah, as you said, content SEO lead at SwiftX. It's a great position to be in. So I've been in crypto for a few years now. Got back in in the 2017 bull run, uh, you know, when a lot of people were first hearing about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So I got back in then, got burnt pretty hard by the crash and thought, you know, that's it. It's all over. But stuck through it, did a bit more research over the years and, and kind of found out a little bit more about it. And so I've been in it for a little while now and I've got this opportunity to work at SwiftX and be a part of the content team and deliver education across you know a number of asset classes and be able to kind of educate our customers on a range of different topics and build their investor confidence. And you do such an incredible job with the team of this. Like, obviously, this podcast is a great platform to teach people. The Learn platform is phenomenal. But as well, there's just so much content out there. And it's so hard to know what you can trust. And I think what you and the team have done really well is like breaking it down so it's really easy to understand and really accessible, but also reliable information that we know is fact-checked and all of those good things as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for shouting out the Learn platform. I think it's a pretty amazing platform that we produce content on. But like you said, there's so much information out there. And when I was first starting out in crypto, I was a bit overwhelmed by just the amount of you know content, videos, everything that's going on out there. You don't really know who to trust, who to start with. So yeah, the idea behind Learn was to kind of provide a beginner's platform that also provides you know insight on a range of topics where if you're looking to get into crypto or looking to make your first trade, you can start there and we kind of run you through the basics and then also dive into some more technical topics and more advanced topics. So good. Now, Ted, the question, of course, that we ask everyone to the podcast, what was your very first crypto purchase and do you still have it now? Yeah, I've been dreading this this question. <laughs> um, so like I said, got into the crypto market in 2017 you know, a few friends were telling me about this Bitcoin and I thought I'd look into it a bit and, and it didn't take me long before I wanted to kind of invest in it. So I was, I was trading stocks at the time and was, you know, into more risky investments. So I spoke to my dad about this Bitcoin and who's a traditional guy as well into the traditional markets. Um, and he talked me out of buying Bitcoin. I think at the time it was sitting at about $2,000, $3,000 AUD. And so, so, you know, he talked me out of it and I thought, yep, yeah, no worries. And then, of course, over the next few months that followed, I just watched that thing climb and climb and climb, and I didn't think it was going to stop. And so I ended up jumping in and buying Bitcoin at about 20K, roughly. And I thought, yep, I'm finally in. Here we go. And of course, a few weeks later, got burnt by the crash. And I learned a lesson pretty hard then. Oh, my gosh. And did you hang on to it through that crash? 
I did. I did. Yeah. Did. Good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would have taken, yeah, a lot of guts to, to hang on to it after buying up at the top. Yeah. I mean, I just thought, ah, well, what's the worst that can happen, you know? And I didn't think much of it at the time. Like I didn't know enough about the market to understand, you know, the cycles that this goes through. I just thought this was a one and done type of asset. And so I held on to it, didn't think much of it, and then kind of looked into it a, a little bit more down the track and realized, oh, wait, this is actually something with a lot of potential here. And that's when I started to get a little bit more research on the topic. Oh my gosh, I love that. And, and what about your dad? How'd that relationship fare afterwards? <laughs> oh, look, it was a little bit frosty uh, uh, during that bull run, but uh, we've repaired it now and, and he's a great guy. I've even got him to start investing in crypto. So he's, he's looking good. He made his first trade just recently at the bottom of the market. So he's happy. He's up a little bit. So he's enjoying his time in crypto so far. Oh, that is good. That is good to hear. Now, Bitcoin, you mentioned, was the very first one that you purchased. It is the topic that we're going to be chatting all about today. And what we're going to be talking about is the price history of it, which is something that we've never really touched on on the pod before. But what I want to go into before we even start is ask you, Ted, why is it important? Why should people understand this? Yeah, it's majorly important. Bitcoin's, you know, no one really knows what it's going to do, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's in a week, a month or 10 years. But looking at its price history, you can kind of identify patterns and cycles, which can help you forecast where it's going in the future. So this is particularly if you're looking at a long-term investment approach. Short-term, short-term, there's so much volatility that you can't really look at, you know, the price of the last decade and say, oh, it's going to do this. But if you're looking at a long-term investment approach, then you can be like, okay, you identify patterns, identify cycles and be like, this is where I think it's going to go. So it's just about forecasting. Nothing's ever a guarantee, but that's why I think it's important. And also Bitcoin has such a heavy influence over the crypto market. Uh, I know some people aren't really interested in it and more interested in altcoins and other more speculative crypto assets. But even if that's the case, I think understanding Bitcoin's price history is majorly important because like I said, it's got such a big influence on the market. When Bitcoin moves, typically the market follows. And that's just because, you know, it was the first crypto asset out there and it remains the biggest. And is something that I kind of forget how long ago this all was established. Like when we're going through the dates and when this first came about, like it's back in 2009, which just, you know, there weren't many people that were around then. And at some point, Bitcoin was valued at under a dollar. And when you think about where we reached at the end of the market last year, like those all-time highs that we've seen, like crazy to think that we've gone from something under a dollar to over, you know, $90,000 in Australia. Like it's insane. So what gave it its first initial value when it was starting out? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think about it all the time. What could have been if we got back in in 2009, 2010? You know, our lives would be different. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but to answer your question, Bitcoin came into play in 2009 and it had absolutely no value for a little bit of time. And it wasn't actually till it was distributed to coin miners that it first was assigned some value. And yeah, it was so cheap back then. Like you look at it back then and you're like, oh, wow, it's now 20K and we're in a bear market. But yeah, back then the developers on Bitcoin implemented a code that it couldn't exceed 21 million Bitcoin ever in circulation. And this was designed to sort of prevent inflation that we see in fiat currencies where, you know, where everything's inflated at the moment because governments were printing money during particularly the pandemic era. So that was kind of something that was inbuilt to prevent that from happening. And so with that, there's low supply. And then as the demand builds, that's what drives the price up. So it's basic economics. 
when there's a low supply of something and a high demand, people are willing to pay more of a premium for the asset. And that's why we've seen Bitcoin just break through all-time highs time after time in the last decade, because you know that supply is staying relatively stable, but the demand just keeps increasing. Mm, and a really interesting thing that plays into that, which we'll dive into in a sec, is the halving events. And if that obviously really, really helps to keep that stability in there. I think it's really interesting, like just drawing back for one second and zooming out, like you see this in your everyday life, right? Like we are seeing such phenomenal prices. And of course, inflation has a part to play in that. But that's because of largely supply constraints. Like, you know, we saw all through COVID, there were shipping issues. There were reasons that we couldn't get stuff here. Manufacturing slowed down. Now even looking at things like the used car market, like we are seeing prices and all-time highs and records for old beaten up cars because there isn't the influx of new cars coming in. So if you think of it and strip it back to that really, really basic principle of supply and demand. You can see that everywhere else. So again, that does play into Bitcoin itself. So something that was also built in was that cap that you referenced then and then the halving events. I know we've touched on it on the past, but I think it's really important to preface in this conversation as well. Can you explain what they are? Yeah, absolutely. So to put simply, a Bitcoin halving is an event that occurs roughly every four years, which halves the rewards paid to Bitcoin miners. So when Bitcoin miners mine a block on the Bitcoin blockchain, they're paid a reward. Now, in the early days of Bitcoin, we're talking like 2009, 2010, 11, the reward for mining a block was 50 BTC. So at today's price, you're looking at, you know, like $2 million just for that. And we're in a bear market, like I said. So now that reward has dropped to 6 BTC, roughly. So it's still a fair bit, but it's not nearly as much as, you know, back in the good old days. And that's because it's gone through several halvings over the last sort of 10 years. So the interesting thing about halvings is every time it's happened, it's pretty much triggered a bull run. And so it's, it's something to keep an eye on. It's something to be very conscious of. Next halving is in 2024. Um, and why people think it triggers a bull run is because it reduces the available supply of Bitcoin, which of course, if you're looking through an economics lens like we were before, when supply is low and demand is high, this drives the price up. But yeah, I'm keeping a keen eye on the halving cycle. So if history is anything to go by, that's when we'll see the next bull run. But you can never be sure of these things. Like It's very unlikely that Bitcoin's price and Bitcoin's cycles will continue to follow these this halving cycle. So whether it breaks that halving cycle this cycle or down the line, I'm not sure. Hmm. And then looking back, like the halving cycles obviously play an impact and a role in the price that we've seen. And I guess when we're looking now at long-term patterns that you're trying to pull out of this, what other things might have played an impact into the price we see? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of things that come to mind. If we're talking what's driven the price up when we've seen large price spikes, adoption's a big one. So one thing that springs to mind is you know when Tesla announced that they'd start accepting Bitcoin payments for their cars. Obviously, Tesla, major car brand led by Elon Musk. So it's this sort of news that will drive the price upwards. And it's this mainstream adoption that people kind of, you know, catch on and be like, oh, okay, this is a legit thing now. This isn't just, you know, something that my cousin told me about a couple of weeks ago. People are starting to take notice when things like that happen. Another one that comes to mind when it comes to adoption, El Salvador, obviously, the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender was huge news and something that had a pretty positive effect on the price of Bitcoin. And then other other adoption stories like PayPal and Visa have adopted crypto and Bitcoin to some degree. And it's these sorts of stories that people take notice and people think, okay, this is now a legit thing. 
So I think that's really important. If you look at from the other side on the negative, we've seen the price of Bitcoin like steeply decline. Something that, that springs to mind is Mt. Gox back in the day. Now, this is before I even jumped into to Bitcoin in 2017. So this was in 2014 and Mt. Gox was the biggest Bitcoin exchange on the market. Like I'm pretty sure most Bitcoin transactions occurred on Mt. Gox. So it was massive. And yeah, that was until the exchange was hacked and, you know, millions and millions of dollars was stolen in Bitcoin. And so it kind of instilled fear in a lot of the market and triggered a, a bull run. And it took a few years for the market to kind of recover from that and to regain confidence. So yeah, that was a big thing that impacted its price. Looking at it more recently, even just this year, we'll say before, inflation rates and interest rates driving down the price of Bitcoin, typically because Bitcoin's considered a more risky asset than some of the more traditional markets. So in times like this, where interest rates are high and borrowing is more expensive, people are less willing to to chance their hand with things like Bitcoin. So I think that is a major contributor to what we're seeing today. And I don't think we'll see a lot of movement until things improve particularly from a macro perspective. And I think that that whole point on, on Mt. Gox, but also even what we're seeing in the markets, like Pav and Tommy do such a good job of breaking this down in the crypto catch-ups. There was one, not last fortnight, but the fortnight before where they they went through Mt. Gox. And what's really interesting on that is that's an ongoing thing, even now today. And we are potentially going to see something happen in that space that, again, could have an impact on Bitcoin and its price at the moment, which is really interesting. I think there was some news that came out just recently that they'd be returning some of the stolen Bitcoin to investors. So yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I'll be watching pretty intently. Whether we see you know an uptick in the market from that news or you know something negative, I'm not sure yet because people might get their Bitcoin back and just think, oh, you know what, I'm selling it. I like to think the market's a little bit more savvy these days and thinking, oh, we're in a, we're in a bear market. I'm going to hold on until things look a little bit brighter. You hope so, but you just never know, which is the scary part. But I think as well with this, like if you're looking at those patterns and those things that have happened in the past, of course, we can't predict the future, but they can be things that can kind of help you at a macroeconomics lens to see what's happening now and whether, you know, patterns are being repeated. And not just in terms of, you know, of course, technical analysis, you go down that whole path. We're talking about broader impact issues here as well, because we do see that that is now impacting crypto. When you lay this over the top of traditional markets and something that you were interested in, we've seen that that's more of a correlation now than ever before. Do you think that's going to be something that we'll continue to see? Yeah, I think so. There's always been a bit of a correlation between the stock market and the crypto market. Even if you just look back to the COVID pandemic at the early stage of 2021, there was a pretty clear correlation between what the crypto market was doing and what the stock market was doing, particularly tech stocks. So I think that will continue to some degree. I think, you know, the global economy and the macroeconomic factors at play will always have some sort of an impact on the crypto market and on Bitcoin. I'm hoping in the future that Bitcoin can kind of outgrow that a little bit. I and mean, I think that will happen particularly with more adoption and more investment. But for now, I think, yeah, we'll continue to see it correlate pretty heavily. But yeah, I've got my fingers crossed. Crypto can kind of outgrow that. And I think, you know, that's the whole point, right, as well. Like you spoke about this purpose at the start of the episode in that Bitcoin was meant to be a hedge against inflation. We're seeing these unprecedented levels of inflation and we're seeing these same patterns happen in Bitcoin. And I think, you know, there are a lot of skeptics out in the market now that's like, 
what's happening, guys? What's going on? And even in terms of cycles, like, you know, it is still so young. Like you look at traditional financial markets, you've got years of data and so many people and so much funds going through that traditional market that, again, you can kind of start to see cycles a little bit more clearly and easily. But within the crypto world, one, there's volatility. There's a whole heap of inexperienced players coming in as well, which kind of buck the trends that we would like to otherwise see. But also there's, you know, all this room around, is it too young? Can you actually pick a a cycle? Can you actually see any patterns here? What do you think? Like you've done the research in this. Can you see those patterns or are they just events that have occurred along the way? Yeah, absolutely. I think Bitcoin's at a stage now where it's gone through several cycles. And so you can look at it from that perspective and think, okay, you know, I've seen this happen before. This might play out again. I think with the more newer crypto assets that haven't really gone through a full cycle, I'm a little bit more skeptical about because, you know, I like to get a more long-term lens on things. But Bitcoin, I think, is at a stage where we've gone through a few cycles and these cycles are completely normal. So I'm glad you you asked this question because a lot of my friends jumped into the crypto market last year in the bull run where things were going great. Everyone was making money. And then, you know, we're now in a bear market and they're not too happy. Um, and they don't really understand why. And what I always explain to them is this is normal. These markets are cyclical, particularly Bitcoin. And this has happened before and it will likely happen again. So if you zoom out on a Bitcoin chart going back over a decade, you'll notice that it goes through these four-year cycles, which are heavily correlated with the Bitcoin halvings that we talked about before. So if you're like me and you're in it for a long-term investment approach, time in the market is more important than timing the market. I think that's the most important thing to consider here. Now, it's not to say that you should take these cycles that we've seen as gospel. You know, things change and markets change and Bitcoin's at a bit of a tipping point where, you know, this cycle is vastly different from the last cycle that we went through. You know, we've seen mainstream adoption. We've seen more new investors than ever. So things may change. We may see this cycle kind of shift. But if history is anything to go by, then those four-year halving events are like what you should go off. But we're in a bear market now. And this is where the smart people make money. Warren Buffett, even though he's not a massive crypto fan, he has a saying where be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So we're at a time now where, particularly with the retail investors, no one's interested in crypto right now. You know, They went through the 2021 bull run and, and maybe have suffered a little bit in this bear market and they're not really interested in touching it. But this is where sort of the smart people are thinking, okay, this is an opportunity to buy low and ride the wave up until the next bull run. So you can never be sure where the market's going next, but a trading strategy that I use to um, to kind of mitigate badly timed trades is dollar cost averaging. I'll invest in a small amount of Bitcoin or Ethereum every week and sort of ride that trend up when we see our next bull run. And we have a, a whole episode on dollar cost averaging, which is really good if you don't know what that strategy is. But I think most people listening to this podcast, if you're listening to us in real time at the moment, then you are one of those smart people, probably. And you know what this is, and you're probably writing and, and doing those trading strategies anyway. You know, speaking of smart people, you mentioned your dad has just gotten in, someone who <laughs> was previously very heavily invested in traditional markets. Like, I think it's just, again, those opportunities, that Warren Buffett comment, we almost talk about it on every pod at the moment, because there is opportunity. And we have seen that even just in the short couple of weeks, you know, it's it's got to be a long-term play though, because we just don't know what's around the corner. 
speaking of around the corner, you are someone who is so heavily involved in all the crypto news, all the things that are happening. You live and breathe this on a daily basis. What are you seeing, especially we're going to post this episode pretty close to when we're recording. So what are you seeing at the moment around the sentiment in the market and what's happening now? Market sentiment is pretty interesting right now. Last few months hasn't looked too good, but we're finally getting some good news, particularly from a macro perspective. So obviously, we're in a bear market, which is largely due to the rising interest rates, particularly in the US. But we got some good news the last few weeks where you know the inflation rates actually decreased month on month. So it's some really good news. What this means is that you know the interest rates are working. So hopefully it means the worst is behind us. You know you can never be sure, but month on month, I think uh, the inflation in the US went from nine point one percent to eight point five percent. So it's a really positive sign and something that I'll be keeping a keen eye on, particularly how interest rates in the US kind of react to this. And I think it's really interesting as well, like, you know, when you are playing in this space, if you are looking to really, you know, not dollar cost average, but you are looking to see what's going on in the markets, read the news, kind of play your strategy alongside that, then you do need to be across this international news as well, because Bitcoin isn't just here in Australia. It's not just in the States. The States is probably the one that has the heaviest impact, but it could be anywhere in the world. And we've seen that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ted, I think like, you know, from what we've seen today and what we've learned about all of these sort of things is that there are things that can happen and that you can really look at that that do influence price. And that if you do have your finger on the pulse, you can sometimes pick up some really interesting things that might help you to make a very strategic trade. Do you have any other words of wisdom for our listeners or anything else you want to share with them? Yeah, I mean, I think like we've talked about today, keeping a keen eye on the global economy as well as the crypto market is super important. We're seeing huge amounts of crypto adoption happening and also institutional investment, which is a really positive sign. So yeah, what I'd, what I'd say to the listeners is, you know, always do your research. I know it sounds cliche, but education is so important in this space. Like I've been caught out before where I just like jump on the hype and don't really research. So I'd suggest jumping onto Twiftex Learn or, or jump onto YouTube and really find those reputable sources and just act as a sponge. Soak up as much as you can and, and really do your research and follow the news. And if you do those basic things right, then you should go all right. Amazing. And I think, you know, the other side of that, we talked about Bitcoin for this entire episode today. But the other thing that you can really play into it is this education piece. And, you know, we spoke about the Australian crypto convention that's coming up in September and the conversations that are being had there, the panels and the guests that they have, they're again around the tech. And that is the part that I personally am so passionate about. Like, you know, as we touched on in that episode, like around agriculture, like how is blockchain helping third world countries and agriculture and, and those sort of things? Like those are the conversations you want to listen to right now because that is the technology that other people aren't paying attention to. And that is making really big changes. And, you know, there, there are, again, a lot of opportunities to be had if you're just willing to invest the time and spend some time on education yourself. Definitely. Well, Ted, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so fun having you on the other side of the mic. And guys, if you have any requests for the Learn platform for this podcast, for anything that you want to hear, please jump on socials, let us know, and we will do our best to bring it to your eyes and ears. Thanks a lot, Alicia. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 